0: Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, sherpa.com, Bendetti Optics, and you, our listeners. Cuz I'm like one of those purple or er, people. I'm a purple people eater. I'm a purple people eater. Yeah. I don't know how to fly yet though. is up all of you wayward souls and welcome back to the wayward stories podcast wayward stories is the podcast where we tell the tales of our adventures in our wanderings and our wonderings and as i've said before many times i say our wanderings and wonderings and if you'll think back and if any of you have listened from the beginning you may recall i used to ask for listener submissions for some of your stories about you know, what you do out there in the back country or any awesome trips that you've taken and you'd like to talk about. And, you know, those were like slow to come in. But of course, that's what happens when you don't have the money to advertise a podcast and you're just doing this like slow growth, grassroots, slow burn kind of guerrilla marketing campaign. But we are getting bigger and we are gaining more and more followers. And I would love to welcome all of you new listeners. We've had several in the last couple of weeks. And that's always fun to see. Like I can see that in the statistics. Um, when I go and look at daily downloads, etc., and you can always tell when you've picked up a new listener, like that's binging, and because you'll go in and you'll see, starting with the most recent episode, go all the way back through the whole thing in like a forty-eight hour period. Like literally, every single episode will have a an extra click by it. Like usually, it'll be like a vast majority of the most three or four recent episodes, and then, you know, the, the stuff down the line that's back a year, two years, there's not much that goes on back there because that's stuff way back in the back catalog. I can always tell when we pick up a new listener, and I can also tell if you're liking it because if you can stand to listen to me for freaking that many damn hours in a row, I can't stand it. I can't stand to listen to me for that long, and that's a true statement. Of course, we're all our own greatest critic, and I can't stand to listen to my voice. Like, it drives me insane having to edit these things. If I could pay someone else to edit these episodes, I would totally do that because I don't like listening to me. But it's always cool to see when we pick up new followers that are binging. And I've had several of those recently, and that's super cool to me, and I love it. Anyway, so welcome, guys. If you are liking it enough to binge it, please go leave us a rating and review. You know, five stars is great. I love five stars. I'll take four. Um, Actually, I'll take whatever you give me because I have no control over that. But I would love to have five stars and a few words about the show. Um, And that helps us to be more discoverable. So that would be awesome. And that goes for any of you guys that listen. If you want to support the show, please go leave us a rating and a review. Anyway, I'm glad you guys are all here with us tonight. And I do, once again... Want to point out and say that, um, you know, I want to offer my apologies for, I know the drops have been wonky. We've had a few dark weeks. We've had some classic episodes over the last several months. And I just want to say I appreciate you guys so very much for being understanding about it because it is tough keeping up with everything right now. Like we're getting into 200, 300 level classes now. We're literally pushing into my senior year, which is freaking crazy to say since I only started a year and a half ago. Y'all. If you put your nose to the grind, they have ways for you to plow through college. I've literally done my freshman, sophomore, and junior years basically in 18 months. And we're getting ready to go. into. It's crazy. Anyway, it's crazy. Things are getting crazy because the classes are getting hard. And it's getting hard to keep up. But I will say this. You guys probably heard me mention in the last couple episodes how psycho this freaking geology class that I've had has been. Well, I just turned in my final. I just got back my score and I freaking aced that damn thing. All 27 pages worth. You guys, I almost got emotional about it when I got that grade back because I cannot begin to tell you how stressful it is when you've got 30 hours of homework a week for one stinking class and you're going to work every day at a normal job and trying to make a podcast and trying to be a dad and all these things. I got emotional about it. Because I aced that damn thing. It was 27 pages long. That was a lot of work. Anyway, that class is over, and we're about to go into evolutionary theory. So that's going to be interesting. Probably won't be any easier. I don't suspect. But anyway, I share that with you guys because actually, I know several of you that have taken a keen interest in how my schooling is going, and some of you who have gone back to school yourselves because I talk about it. And it, you know, you say it inspired you. I'm weird about using a word like inspiring anyone for myself, but like, that's why I started the podcast. That's why I share all the things I share is because I want to, you know, maybe light a fire under your butts to get up and go live. You're going to be hard for a minute. Like it is for me right now, but there is like a light at the end of the tunnel. And when all this is over with, you know, I'm going to be setting right about where I want to be. So anyway, just thank you guys for being understanding because I want to keep this project going because this is something I want to carry on for many, many years to come. I love making this show. Um. Anyway, what else have we got? What else have we got here before we get started? Oh, just, hey, if you guys, I mentioned at the, at the uh, ad open brought to you by Sherpa.com, you guys have heard me talk about recently I'm doing these Sherpa adventures. If you go over to Sherpa.com, which is S-H-R-P-A, leave the, leave the E out, dot com, And then, you know, just search bar for Wayward Son. You'll find my page with all my adventures. Y'all, there's a bunch of ideas for adventures here in the state of Arkansas. And even some down in Texas. You know, they're around a little bit. But there's a lot right here in Arkansas. You guys need to go check it out. I've been scoring these collabs with, like, the Crescent Hotel and Basin Park and NWA Tourism. And we just, we're finishing up one right now. It's actually in the review process. Um for some really cool stuff like um, museums. And I've talked about a little bit about that in the last couple of episodes. But anyway, that's been going on and that's awesome. Y'all, when I started this whole Wayward Stories thing and the idea came to me, you know, one of the things I wanted to do, and I mean, if you go back and look at waywardstories.com and look at the blog page and look at that blog from 2019 that says, what's this all about? One of the things I mentioned in there is is like, I just want to do this. Why? I don't know. Other people do it. Other people get paid to do it and they do it way better than I do, but I just want to do it. I want to go out there. I want to travel. I want to do my photography and I want to come back and I want to tell stories. And it's really cool because now we're coming to that point where I'm actually getting to go do these things. People are paying me and comping me to go out and explore places and come back and tell stories. It ain't paying the bills by no means, but it's a step in the right direction. Isn't it? Like that's what we're after. So anyway, Life is super stressful right now, but it's all good stuff. It's like a good problem to have. You know, there are bad problems to have and then there are good problems to have. This is what I guess you could classify as a good problem to have. But it's still a problem nonetheless. Anyway, let's get into tonight's show. We're going to have fun. We're going to have some fun tonight. There's a little bit of an experiment. Um, like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, this show started out kind of with the idea of building a platform. To give you guys a voice to write in and tell your stories and, you know, anything you've learned out there. And that's not really happened. But again, slow growth. You know, we don't have you. Here's the thing. It's like less than a half percent of people ever write into a podcast where the podcaster tells stories that people write in. So you got to have like what? At least a thousand listeners to get a half a person (laughs) to send you a story. So like it's slow it's a slow grow. And I kind of abandoned that. We just started telling stories and I've kind of made it miscellaneous, a little bit of a potpourri of what we're going to talk about. And, um, every week just try to bring you something new, give you another adventure idea to go out there and try. Um, but this week we actually have a listener submitted itinerary for an epic, freaking epic road trip across the Southwest. Um, And that's what we're going to do. So this is a little bit of experiment. I don't know how tonight's going to go. I'm going to go through their itinerary and a few little notes I made about it. And then I'm going to style on it a little bit later. Like I'm going to come back and use it as many examples of multiple ways that you could road trip. Multiple ways you can make templates out of this. And other things that I would do on this trip or would like to do. And things I've discovered as I've been researching her trip. Anyway, so big shout out to Jaywatch. That's what we're going to call her. Um, for the sake of anonymity, um, for taking the time to write out this little itinerary that she did and and answering all of my questions. You know, I kind of dug in. I was like, so why'd you do this? Would you do it differently if you did it again? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, thank you, Jay Watts, for taking the time because I think this is going to be fun. I don't know how it's going to turn out because I don't even know how to like craft this into a general idea of how long it's going to take. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this itinerary, and then I'm going to talk about it in theory, other ways that things could be done. But anyway, let's get right into it, guys. When I said this was an epic Southwest road trip, I mean epic. If my math is accurate, I'm showing 2,912 miles, 56.2 hours of driving, give or take. You know, some of that's going to be stopping and this and that and roughly eight days. I believe eight days. Yep. Eight days, eight days, 2,900 miles, 56 hours, give or take. That's pretty epic throughout the Southwest. And a portion of this actually mimics or uh, mirrors my road trip into, um, Southern New Mexico, And the rest of it's stuff that I've been wanting to do. Some of it is along a route that I did when I was going to San Francisco, etc., etc. But anyway, this is really cool. They set out from here, where I'm from, in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And they, y'all, made a giant loop. 2,900 miles worth of giant loop. So anyway, we're going to talk about it. So, day one of their itinerary. Now, this trip was her, her mother, and her daughter, So you got like a tri-generational thing going on there, which is super cool. And she said that the impetus for this trip was that it was something that her father had always wanted to do with their family. And you know how life is. Like, we all know how this is. I've got a boatload of this stuff in my backlog. The time and the money just doesn't present. Sometimes life is hard and you just don't get the things done you want to do. And this right here, this is a freaking chunk of a road trip. This right here is a significant investment of time, time off work, gas money. But anyway, it never actually worked out. And then he unfortunately passed away. So they decided they're going to go do this road trip. And she said it was very much in his memory. They're kind of doing this road trip that he had always wanted to do. And that's very, very cool. Um, it's very, very cool. But anyway, day one, home to Amarillo. That's going to be Fort Smith, Arkansas to amarillo texas and she says here this first stop was mainly to break up the long drive to new mexico we'd never seen the cadillac ranch so it made sense for us to stay the night there so that we only had a six hour drive the next day to alamogordo and that's a good plan y'all okay cadillac ranch everyone in the u.s knows what cadillac ranch is right i believe Um, Most people do. It's out there on I-40. It's actually on Route 66, but I-40 mirrors 66 for like the vast majority of the way through the Southwest. Um, But it was originally on the old Route 66, Route 66, however you choose to say that. And all it is is a bunch of old Cadillacs buried nose down into the ground. And, you know, people stop and spray paint on the cars. It's kind of a thing. It's kind of a thing for any of you out of the country. I'm going to get, you know what, actually for all of you. How many of you know what the hell Cadillac Ranch even is? Like why it's there? Like I think all of us know it's there. Anyone that's booked it out 40 knows it's there. How many of you know why it's there? Like I sure as heck didn't. So I looked it up. So I'm going to tell you why it's there real quick because I just got super curious about it and I wanted to know. So anyway, this is from an Atlas Obscura article. Standing along Route 66 west of Amarillo, Texas, Cadillac Ranch was invented and built by a group of art hippies imported from San Francisco. They called themselves the Ant Farm, and their silent partner was Amarillo billionaire Stanley Marsh III, which I'm assuming that means Stanley Marsh III, but Stanley Marsh III. He wanted a piece of public art that would baffle the locals, and the hippies came up with a tribute to the evolution of the Cadillac tail fin. Ten caddies were driven into one of Stanley Marsh's fields, then half buried nose down in the dirt, supposedly at the same angle as the Great Pyramid of Giza. They faced west in a line from the 1949 Club Sedan to the 1963 Sedan DeVille, Their tail fins held high for all of those to see on the mother road. That was in 1974. People would stop along the highway, walk out to view the cars, then deface them or rip off pieces as souvenirs. Stanley Marsh III and the Ant Farm were tolerant of this public deconstruction of their art, although it doomed the tail fins, and eventually came to encourage it. Decades have passed. The Cadillacs have now been in the ground as art longer than they were on the road as cars. They are stripped to their battered frames, splattered in day-glow paint splooge, Barely recognizable as automobiles. Yet Cadillac Ranch is more popular than ever. It's become a ritual site for those who travel the mother road. The smell of spray paint hits you from a hundred yards away. The sound of voices chattering in French, German, and English makes this one of the most polyglot places between the UN and Las Vegas. We last visited just after a Texas-sized downpour, and yet a steady procession of acolytes trudged along through the ankle-deep mud to make their oblations. Many were barefoot, cheerfully slogging through the muck of livestock crap and spray can, spray can trash. Happy to be there. So anyway that's the story behind Cadillac Ranch. I had no idea. It's kind of interesting. Bunch of hippies from San Francisco and some billionaire. And they just wanted to make an art installation. Like there was never, to my knowledge, money made from this. It's not like there's a fee to get in. So that's kind of fascinating. But anyway, that's the story of Cadillac Ranch. And that's what Jay Watts and her fam did as a stopping point. And it's a great stopping point. And y'all, this is a good thing to look at as a template for your own road trips. Because a lot of times guys like You blow several hours of whatever free time you have. Say, let's just say they've got eight days here, but let's just say it's a weekend. If you don't like start getting ready to leave until you get off work Friday night, you blow all of Friday night. You blow four to six hours feasibly or conceivably of like your weekend, just trying to get ready to go. So if you prepare before, you can do something kind of like what they do. I do this every time I go to the Southwest. I've done it for years now. You get off work and you hit the road and I can be in Amarillo by 11 o'clock to midnight and you can have the worst part of the flatlands drive out of your way before you hit the beautiful desert. I think I've mentioned that before, but this was their stopping point to break things up. And I just wanted to point out, it's a great template for you guys to consider when you get ready to start going on your weekend adventures. If you will like prepare Thursday night, load your crap up. You get off work on Friday, you can actually eat up anywhere from like probably three or four to six or seven hours, depending on if you're a night owl or not, of the road trip part of the drive. And road trips are fun, but like also usually getting that first three or four hours out of your way that's in your area, because those hours are usually boring drives because you live in the area. You just see it all the time. You're going out of town to get away from what you know that's part of the joy of traveling right so like those hours don't waste them like use those hours right after work and find you a halfway stopping point somewhere four or five hours away for us Amarillo works is a great place because not only does Amarillo have the Cadillac ranch it has something else it's got the big Texan which is a steak restaurant and they have very good steak I have eaten there Um, They're actually the place, if you've ever seen, those signs on 40 or anywhere else in the U.S. where it's like a free 72-ounce steak if you eat it in an hour. That is the big Texan. You don't have to try for their 72-ounce steak. And if you think you're man enough or woman enough to take on that steak in an hour, you need to know it's not just five pounds of steak. It's also everything that comes with it, which is massive dinner rolls the size of bread plates and baked potatoes and all the stuff that comes with it. And you have to eat all of it in an hour. We're talking like several pounds. I mean, the steak alone is five pounds. Is it worth it, y'all? Because if you don't eat it in an hour, you have to pay for it. If you eat it under an hour, it's free. If you don't eat it in an hour, you have to pay for it. And I assure you, you don't want that bill. People do it, though. People have done it. They got pictures all over their walls of people that have pulled off the feet. That is definitely not for me. But anyway, it's a great place to get a steak or a burger. Like, it's a neat little place. It's a very cool place. Um, But yeah, think about that. Consider that for your own road trips. Trying to use your hours after work to eat up a lot of your road trip time, you know. That's one of those things you can waste a lot of time that first night just running around trying to find all the right underwear that you want to take with you, right? Do it the night before. Leave right after work. You will thank me if you do. So, moving on to day two. Day two is Amarillo through Roswell, New Mexico to Alamogordo, which is where White Sands National Park is. is down there in that general area. Um, And if you guys remember from my New Mexico trip, I took exactly the same route. Went to Amarillo, Amarillo to Roswell. Roswell is cool. Like, it's a cool place, y'all. I mean, everyone probably needs to go there at some point. Say you've been to Roswell. Get a picture of their Welcome to Roswell sign. And check out some of their alien-themed stuff. I mean, anyone in this country is very familiar because it is pop culture iconic. The Roswell crash. The Roswell alien crash. um, UFO crash. And they've got, like, a whole little economy there built on tourism for people. I mean, I think I remember telling you guys in my episode, like, there's aliens in the spaceship mcdonald's it's literally a spaceship that houses a mcdonald's but anyway so this was day two of their trip oh and let me hit this here i forgot this i wanted to make sure and get these in on day one amarillo or fort smith to amarillo was 469 miles seven hours and 18 minutes now day two we're going from amarillo to alamogordo going through roswell and it's 332 miles, 7 hours and 57 minutes. She says, we enjoyed a nice lunch at Roswell and walked through one of their many alien attractions. And we watched the sunset at White Sands. Okay, so they made it to White Sands on day two. I've talked about White Sands before. Y'all, White Sands is awesome. You need to get down there if you have not. Um, just know this about going to White Sands. There's so damn many people there. Like, all of our national, nice, like everywhere now that's easy to get to, if you can drive right up to it, there's a billion people there. Like, this is just the post COVID revival of fake outdoors people. Um, and they're everywhere out there. So, people who really want to go out there and do some awesome landscape photography or really get back in it, boy, you really got to get back in it. I remember when I was there, there were people standing on sand dunes as far as I could see. Like, miles into the sand dunes there was nowhere there were not heads of people bobbing around i was like i'm never gonna get past all these people before dark to get a unblemished picture of the sand with no humans in it and no footsteps in it um and it was it made it tough but white sands is beautiful it's awesome and apparently sledding's a big thing there they sell sleds at the national park office Anyway, so that is day two for them. And like, this is a cool, like, if you think about this, you're just making a giant loop. And she talks about how it's kind of a, it's kind of a sightseeing trip, this one. That's, you know, I asked her about that, all these stinking miles. I was like, so I see you stopped at several places, but it looks like you didn't do a lot of exploring at all those places. You know, was this more of a sightseeing trip? And she, she classified it herself as kind of a sightseeing trip going and hitting everything they could hit and and seeing it, getting pictures. And that's totally cool, y'all. That is totally cool because that's a great kind of trip for, I mean, number one, just seeing places and landscapes you've never seen. Um, But you can extrapolate out from that. You can extrapolate out if you're in an older generation and it's harder for you to get around. Maybe you can't hike the way you used to, get as far back in places as you can. That's still a great way to get out and do stuff y'all, I do versions of this sometimes, like on a Memorial Day weekend. I've done it a couple years in a row now, instead of taking a big trip on a Memorial Day weekend because it just didn't work out. I'm just taking a few day trips to parts of Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri that I haven't ever really explored, and really not doing much more than this, driving through them, and if something pops up, pull over, walk around for a bit, learn about it, whatever I can, if there's signage or any kind of interpretive stuff, and you know, just keep going. And that's a cool way to like explore the country. You don't always have to go and treat it more like a destination, but that's what we're going to do in the second half of the show is I'm going to kind of style on. This is like how you could take certain chunks of this and turn it into destinations, um, destination trips, kind of like bucket list trip, kind of like um, the nomad spirit, sedentary life. This kind of is in the vein of that episode. But anyway, let's move on to day three. So they went down, they saw white sands on day two, on day three. Three, they traveled from Alamogordo to Flagstaff, and they stayed in Flagstaff for two nights. That's a 543-mile drive, 10 hours and 52 minutes. We drove through the Petrified National Forest and Painted Desert on our way to Flagstaff. took about two to three hours to see. That's about right, because you may have thought, 543 miles for 11 hours. That doesn't sound right. Well, they went through Petrified Forest. That is an amazing stop on I-40. Okay, you're up onto I 40 when you hit the Petrified Fortress on the interstate. And it's literally, it's like you take an exit and then there's like the gate. But it's a big driving tour. You can get out, you can move around, you can hike around in Petrified Forest and and, um, painted desert. But it's really mostly a driving tour. And you can go see, well, the Petrified Forest. And it's really cool. But if you want to get out there and take pictures, it's going to happen like they said, two to three hours. But it's something everyone should check out. Like I got to do it on the way out to San Francisco a few years ago. And it was pretty amazing, y'all. If you take that, that loop all the way up, all the way back down under 40, down by where the old route 66 was, and you can go all the way down and come out on the South end. And there's like this really cool place down there where there's a museum. There's some gift shops where you can buy some petrified wood that does not come from inside the national park because that's protected. Don't take any of the wood if you're out there in the park, but The forest is bigger than just the boundaries of the national park. So people on private land, you know, kind of basically mine this stuff and then they sell it. It's a way for them to make money. So you can get pieces of, you know, petrified wood. I've got a couple of bags of them and my daughter has several that I sent to her. But that is an awesome little driving tour through Petrified Forest. You can get out at several stopping points, um, several kind of natural vista points. Super cool trip. Petrified Forest is very cool. And they went on to Flagstaff, and it looks like they did not go to Meteor Crater, but between Petrified Forest and Flagstaff is Meteor Crater. And Meteor Crater is only like 11 miles off of 40. I mean, it's a quick jaunt. 10 minutes, 11 minutes is what it seems like it was when I went off of 40 to go down and see, I don't know, a giant Meteor Impact Crater. And I, when I say giant, y'all, it's freaking massive. Um, and it, it's really cool to see. Because we know that this planet has been impacted by meteors. We know that. We know that one of them most likely is what killed the dinosaurs, right? The one in, uh, ooh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, but down there in Central America. um, And that's probably the one that took out the megafauna, you know, the big dinosaurs, not the megafauna, the big dinosaurs. Um, But it's really cool to see an impact crater from a meteor. It's kind of chilling, you know? Like, that's still a threat we face. It's still a threat we face, all I'm saying. But anyway, it's very cool. It's a very cool place to check out. It looks like they didn't do that, but it's totally something you could do following their itinerary. Um, and they stayed in Flagstaff for two days, she mentions. So on day four, the reason they're there for two days, on day four, they drive up to Grand Canyon West Rim, which is 207 miles, five and a half or five hours and five minutes. Now there's different rims of the Grand Canyon. The North Rim, it's pretty cool. And it can be very hard to access certain times a year because of weather, the winter. Um, the South Rim is what you are familiar with, okay? The South Rim is where everyone can go. I think it's called Grand Canyon Village, but you can go up to the South Rim and um, basically do a little bit of hiking. You can hike around the rim some. You can maybe even hike down in a little bit. I did a little bit of that when I was there way back um, in 2019, but... Um, but that's like the main place you recognize. That's where most of the views you see are is the South Rim. Well, they went to the West Rim. The West Rim looks really awesome. And I'm going to have to go there. And they went to get on this thing called the Skywalk. And um, anyway, unfortunately for them, it was closed. But I'm like looking at this. I looked it up, looked at pictures of it. If you haven't looked it up, heard of it, go look up the Skywalk, West Rim, Grand Canyon. Holy God. Like, I don't know, y'all. I going walk on a glass bridge out over the Grand Canyon on glass. I know it's safe. They wouldn't open it. They wouldn't let people on it if it wasn't safe. But holy crap. Like, OMG, all caps. It's pretty trippy. But I'm going to have to go there now, I think. Y'all, when you go to the Grand Canyon, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. Like, they stayed in Flagstaff. When I went to the Grand Canyon, my stopping point on that trip out to Cali, was was uh, Williams, Arizona, which is you know it's just a little bit further. Okay, I don't remember which way. I'd have to look at my map. But anyway, Williams is an awesome stop, and they actually have the railroad station for the Grand Canyon Railroad. You can stay there, and you can ride the railroad. This old train cars, like restored train cars, like old west style stuff. You can ride the train from Williams all the way up to the Grand Canyon South Rim. That is so cool. I didn't get to do that when I was there, but that is actually on my future bucket list trips ideas. Um, You know, I saw it when I was there. I wanted to do it, but I didn't have time. I was driving to California for work. It was like a stopover. But I can tell you this, Winslow, or uh, Williams, is beautiful. Williams is beautiful. It was an amazing little town. I can't, I want to go back there. I remember thinking that I would live there. I remember thinking very clearly, I could just totally live here, and I would be super cool with that. And then I had a little Freudian slip there about Winslow, and she didn't mention Winslow, but um, she must have passed through it. Winslow is where you can go stand on a corner and uh, relive lines from the famous Eagle song, which I did when I was there. Um, Anyway, so they have gone up to the Grand Canyon, West Rim on day four, come back down. And let's see, what was her notes on that? We drove from Flagstaff to Grand Canyon West Rim. This is where they have the Skywalk, the glass bridge. It was shut down due to inclement weather threat, but we still enjoyed Eagle Point and Ganado Point. It was $62 per person for a shuttle. So anyway, something to check out. Day five. Now, they're going from Flagstaff, Arizona, to Four Corners National Monument and on to Arches National Park. And this is where it gets, like, super fun for me because these are things I haven't got to do but I want to do. Um, so, they go. It's 407 hour, or four hundred seven miles, 8 hours, and 20 minutes. Flagstaff to Four Corners. And, and you guys have heard of Four Corners. This is where the corner of four states meet. Um, and I'm not even going to try to name them off right now. That would be ridiculous of me because I will totally get it wrong. I think we're going to be, like, Colorado, Utah. Et Etc. Et Arizona, probably. But anyway, it's, you know, it's just a big monument. And it looked really cool. I actually, you know, creeped her Facebook page. And I looked back through all of her photo dumps from their little vacay. Um, and was looking at all this. And it looks really cool. It's something that's totally worth. If you're going through this way, it's on the way from Flagstaff, on the way to Arches. You can swing right by it. It's Totally one of those things that you would want to stop and see. It's totally worth stopping and taking a picture of. But they're going on. Arches. Okay, Four Corners Monument was on the way to Arches, so we decided to make it a stop. If you have enough time, you may also be able to go to Mesa Verde Cliff Palace in Colorado before you head up to Moab. We did not have the time, unfortunately, but because we got around late that day. We made it up to Arches to see the sunset, and unfortunately, I did not get sunset pictures there, but I did see the pictures they took at Arches, and they are gorgeous. Arches is awesome. Y'all, there's over 2,000 natural Stone arches created by erosion, wind and rain erosion out there in the desert. Everyone knows what arches is. So like you can kind of see what they're doing here. You can kind of see how the itinerary is coming together. It's like they're taking a giant epic Southwest tour. They went all the way down to Southern New Mexico and Tularosa Basin, Alamogordo, Las Cruces is down there, come up, go through Arizona, go back over through Utah. There's so many things you could do with this trip. But anyway, they go up, they see Arches, and got some really, really great pictures by my account. and Because I went and looked, you know. I did my research on this. Um, And day six is the very next day. This is after Arches. They go from Moab to uh, Canyon City, Colorado. And that is 359 miles, 7 hours and 32 minutes. Let's see. This was mainly a drive day to get from point A to point B. Nothing super interesting along the way that we found. Um... But I-70 in Colorado or Highway 50 takes you over the Rocky, Rocky, Rockies, offering lots of beautiful scenery along the drive. Yeah, it would be very beautiful. Like you're going out of the canyons into the Rockies. It's going to be a gorgeous drive. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about Canyon City. Um, her in a minute, second half of the episode, when I style on this a little bit. Because I actually got to looking around Canyon City. There's a lot to talk about Canyon City. lot to talk about. Super cool place. Okay, so day seven. We're closing in on the end of their trip here. Canyon City to Dodge City, Kansas. Thursday, 309 miles, five hours and nine minutes. We enjoyed lunchtime train ride through the Royal Gorge, which is something I absolutely want to do, alongside the Arkansas River. The train ride is about seven miles long, 14 miles there and back. Total, that takes about two hours. You can do food on the train if you like. We noticed a lot of whitewater rafters and some yurts along the riverbanks. I'm going back one day to do that. The train ride was expensive. The cheapest tickets were coach, and we paid a buttload for them. Instead of having to drive back home 12-plus hours, we opted to find one final stop before home. And her mom loves anything western, so they decided to stop in Dodge City, Kansas. After the train ride, they hit Dodge City, and they stayed the night. Dodge City is one of those things that would be super cool to check out, like, if you're in that area, it's like a great example of how, like, if you're making a big road trip loop, it's one of those things, like, I, and listen, y'all know me, I'm a history guy, I'm not going to stop in Dodge City, like, I'm not going to Dodge City as a destination myself, even though I'm all about history, it would be cool to see Boot Hill, it absolutely would, but, like, I just, I'm not as big on the the Old West stuff as a historian, but it's totally something I would check out if I was going through the area. And for a lot of people, it's straight up a destination like her mom. Her mom loves anything Old West, so Dodge City is awesome. This is a cool trip, y'all. This is a cool trip they took, and good God, it was such a big trip. So day eight, they leave from Dodge City and head back home. 286 miles, four and a half hours. Um, They checked out the Boot Hill Museum and all of those things in Dodge City that morning before they left. But that brought their trip to a close, y'all. Like, I've got this clocked that I said earlier, 2,900 miles roughly, 56 hours roughly, and no less than five national parks that they did um, or that they saw, which is awesome. If y'all are going to hit five national parks, if y'all are going to hit more than two national parks in a year, um, make sure and, like go and buy the national parks annual pass. It's like $80 or something. If you're a senior, if you're military, you're a veteran, you're any of these things, there's even discounts to that. Um, but it's like $80 a year, y'all like it's going to pay for itself in three or four national parks. You know what I'm saying? It really is. So if you get a lot, just go get the big, you know, the, the yearly pass. I have one of those. I get to use it around here. Like y'all, there's more than just like the major national parks. It's not just the grand Canyon and Yosemite and stuff. There's tons of one like here in Fort Smith, where I, you know, volunteer down at the National Historic Site is like Judge Parker's courtroom. It's like the last vestiges of the Wild West, you know, the hanging judge up in northwest Arkansas, where I may be going this weekend is Pea Ridge National Military. It's a national battlefield for the Civil War. There's lots of National Park administered sites that have really cool stuff to check out. You're going to get your $80 pass, man. You know, you're you're making your money back for sure, for sure anyway, I'm going to talk about real quick before we go to break and we come back in style on this little trip. I asked her a few questions, um, and this is what she had to say. I asked her, you know, is there anything you would do different? Would you do this trip again? Um, So she responded with, I think there were parts of this trip I would do again. Like Arches had some great hiking, but we didn't have enough time. I would love to go back there and do some backpacking. My favorite parts were the national parks. None of them disappointed. Highlights would be the sunset at White Sands and the views at Arches. I also want to go back to Colorado and whitewater raft in the Arkansas River. And asked her if she would take another trip this big again, you know, with this many days. And she says, definitely I'm planning a trip up north to Niagara Falls, the Grand Tetons, Yellowstone, and Mount Rushmore. I think I would do it the same. Drive, drive, drive. I'm thinking these sightseeing trips will birth destination trips for me, if that makes sense, which it does, because that's kind of what I was asking her. I was like, would you do this all over again? Like, would you drive, drive, drive again and do the sightseeing? Or would you like take a big chunk of time that's that big? If you've got eight days to invest, would you do it differently? Would you go to like one of these places more directly and spend way more time there exploring everything they have to offer? And uh, she said, basically... The next trip she's planning is going to be another driving sightseeing trip, but she thinks they're going to inspire a lot of these destination trips. Like she just mentioned, go back to Arches to hike, go back to Canyon City or up around um, the Royal Gorge and Whitewater Raft in the Arkansas, which is some pretty wild stuff. Y'all, if you've never looked it up, go look it up. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's really cool. Like I'm super happy. Thank you, Jay Watts for sending in this itinerary. I love That we get to talk about this tonight. We have a listener submitted itinerary. And it's so cool because think about that, y'all. They drove for eight days and they saw a huge chunk of the desert southwest. So, there's so beautiful out there. I've told you guys this over and over again. I talk about the southwest quite a bit. It's in a few episodes of this show so far. It's gorgeous down there. So, this is a freaking amazing trip, you guys. If you want to take an epic road trip, you could follow this itinerary point for point. Or you could go look at this itinerary on Google Maps and then you could look around and see what else is interesting. Because for all the things that they saw, there's a whole hell of a lot of things that are real close that you could tag in there. Like I mentioned, you could do, um, you could stop by Meteor Crater when you're up there close, when you're going for Moab. Y'all, there's you can go through Valley. Anyway, we're going to talk about that in the second half. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time talking about different ways you could chop up these eight days or treat a destination trip, and uh, it's gonna be a little bit like that nomad spirit episode. We're gonna talk a little bit about how you could turn a lot of these into bucket trip ideas. So anyway, you guys hang around, and we will get right back after the break. What is up, all of you wayward souls? I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Bendetti Optics a brand based right here in the good old US of A, Portland, Oregon, to be exact. And I bought my first pair of Bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago and fell in love with them so much so that I got online and ordered a couple of more pair. And when I did, there was a small shipping snafu, an order fulfillment snafu, and I got on the phone, gave them a call, and guess what? I get a call back from who? One of the big men themselves right there in Portland, from the top of the chain, have a great conversation, and we end up starting this great relationship. We have the more than made right, the little snafu that occurred. And I am now a huge proponent of them because I can tell you from personal experience, they are good people. And they're trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about $40, but using the exact same frame material, TR90, in the same polarization process as the big guys. As it turns out, something I think we are already probably new in our hearts, when you buy big name sunglasses, you're buying a big name. Not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else, like at Bendaddy Optics. They have 29 different styles, They have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in and they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses, it doesn't matter how you break them, send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden. You got a new pair on the way. These guys are truly trying to do it right and they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them and I think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that. So if you guys, like me, are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great looking sunglasses, check out BendettiOptics.com, that's B-E-N-D-E-T-T-I Optics.com, or you can go over to Instagram slash optics, and that I highly suggest whether you buy a pair or not, just to check out the cutest pupper you'll ever see modeling sunglasses. Once again, that's BendettiOptics.com, and make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. And welcome back. We are going to talk about like using her trip as an inspiration for some of our own. Like that's what we're going to spend the second half of the episode doing. Because I'm like one of those purple or people. I'm a purple people eater. I'm a purple people eater. Yeah. I don't know how to fly yet though. Anyway, I don't have the brain space to worry about editing this out, I don't think. So we're going to leave that in. Wayward Sun is a flying purple people eater. Um, but we're going to talk about different ways you could use this itinerary to inspire trips of your own, like destination trips, a lot of things. Um, because I very, very much love, um, oh yeah, that's what I was going for. Proof of concept. When I ended up with purple people eater, I was shooting for proof of concept. I'm a proof of concept guy. If you show me something like this itinerary. My brain's going to automatically start like analyzing it like, oh my God, you spent eight days, you drove 2,900 miles. If I took eight days, what could I do if I went more directly? You know, okay, so I've already been to White Sands. What if I went more directly to, say, the Bryce Canyon area? What could I do in eight days there? And then I can start looking over that whole general region. So that's what we're going to talk about. It's just different ways that you can kind of take their template and you can stylize it into your own and come up with some really cool ideas. Um, But just starting from the top, going to White Sands National Monument, you can really just go back to last November and or it'd be December when they dropped and listen to um, my two episodes on exploring New Mexico because that's exactly where I went. I went exactly where they went, but I went there as a destination. They were kind of doing a pass through. They wanted to see White Sands. They got what they wanted and they got some killer sunset pictures. I saw one of her sunset pictures and y'all listen, the way those mountains box in the Tularosa Basin, the clouds never disappoint. They're like these amazing formations that happen. Like you get these, um, Crespicular clouds that come over the tops of the mountains. You get a lot of stuff going on in the atmosphere that makes for absolutely gorgeous pictures. It's like almost always like magic hour there because you're up so many thousand feet, you know, you're up in the highlands. Of, you know, the lower reaches of the Rocky Mountains and other mountain ranges that are... It's it's wild. It's beautiful. But anyway, if you go down there for like a destination trip like I did, you can just go back and listen to my episodes. I missed a lot of stuff when I was there, unfortunately, because I didn't have time in like three or four days. But I got to see White Sands. Went to the Gila Cliff Dwellings. That's another national monument. I went over to um, the Oregon Mountains and got to hike up to Abandoned Tuberculosis Asylum in the first snow of their winter. It was gorgeous. It was amazing. The pictures are on Instagram. Go, Wayward Sun 119 If you want to see the pictures, you'll find them um, back around last November. Like, it's gorgeous down there. And there's so much to do. Oh, the Trace Rios petroglyph site, 21,000 plus petroglyphs that are all, you know, anywhere from 1,200 to 1,800 years old. You just walk out in there, find them everywhere on all the rocks. It's amazing cultural stuff down there. Amazing cultural stuff. Um, so you can easily style a road trip like that down there um, into a destination trip because there is a lot to do there. Um, You could even shoot down to El Paso from there. El Paso is only like 50 minutes down the road. So much going on in that area that you could turn into a full trip. And I'm not going to spend any more time than that on that part, kind of for general ideas. Because like I mentioned, just go back to last December and listen to Exploring New Mexico Part 1 and 2. Now, we're going to go up. They headed up from there to Flagstaff. And from Flagstaff, they explored the West Rim. Hi, Lerna. The cat has invaded the studio. Yep, she um, has been a royal pain in the butt here lately. But anyway, um, moving on. Okay, so we're up to Flagstaff. We're talking about the Grand Canyon now. You can go to the Grand Canyon from Flagstaff. Or like I said, you could go from Williams. And Williams is a cool place. It is a straight shot out of Williams, straight north to the South Rim. And you can take the Grand Canyon Scenic Railway, which is something I've got to do one of these days. Now, don't like... Make no mistake, you're not riding the railway along the canyon. To the best of my knowledge, you're actually going across the high plains headed towards the canyon. But it's still gorgeous. That drive was beautiful. When I drove it, I can only imagine riding in passenger cars by train. That would be so cool. The south rim, I mean, what more can you really say about the Grand Canyon? Like, you go to the Grand Canyon, you can either be serious about it. um, Like, for real, real, deep down, hardcore serious and hike down into the canyon, which is something that is on one of my lists. You know, when I was there, I didn't have a lot of time. I was driving to San Francisco and it was like a stopover. Um, but you can go out there and you can be hardcore about it and you can really hike down in it. Or, you know, you can just go and explore and look at the the top, take all your pictures, you know, like I say, ride the train. If you're going to be there, like say you're styling this into your own trip. And it's going to be like three or four days there. I would definitely try to do as much hiking as possible and explore all around the canyon. Like I said, there's the North Rim, the South Rim, the West Rim. I'm sure there's an East Rim that I don't know if it's famous or not. Um, But there's a lot to see. Anywhere in the Southwest you go, you're going to be on federal land or state land. And it's all going to be parkland because the landscapes there are gorgeous. The rock formations are gorgeous. The colors are gorgeous. That's what it's known for. And it's anywhere you go. If it's not a gorgeous canyon, it's a freaking volcanic field. Y'all, there's so much cool stuff in the Southwest. But definitely checking out the Grand Canyon and spending several days there would be a super, super cool trip. Because like I said, there's so much more than just the... The South Rim, the very touristy part. You could do like they did, head to the West Rim. You go out there and try to check out that skywalk, um, the glass bridge. You can go up north of that area, and there's even more canyon and more different canyons, there's different feeder rivers that come into the Grand Canyon that you can get even greater access to that aren't nearly as heavily protected, so to speak, as the Grand Canyon. Like the Grand Canyon is for real serious, but some of the canyons that come into it are gorgeous. Like for example, we talked about this many, many episodes ago. I have no clue in which one. I couldn't even begin to tell you in which episode. But it's kind of thinking outside the box, right? You have to win a lottery, whitewater raft through the Grand Canyon, right? You have to win a lottery. You got to get on a waiting list and then they're going to like raffle and hope that you win the lottery. And if you win the lottery, you better have the time, like the PTO to put into it. You better have the money to pull it off because you only get like the one shot. They call your name. You better be ready to go on the dates they tell you you have to go. You're going to have a job that says you can say, this is when I'm not going to be here. And they're like, okay, cool. If it takes more Haggling the nut for you to get days off of work at certain times. If you're like in a hierarchy, a pecking order of who gets to take what, it might not work out. You get drawn, you better by God move heaven and earth to go because it's hard to get in there. But there are other white, white water trips that happen in other canyons that feed the Grand Canyon that many people stay. And if you look, the the pictures are gorgeous. It's whitewater rafting and canyons that are just as gorgeous as the Grand, but there's no waiting list. Y'all, you know, like you got to think outside the box sometimes. So much going on around there. If you had four or five days at the Grand Canyon, you could do so much more than just driving up to the South Rim. Like I did when I went, you know, I only had so much time. Of course, I got in for free because it happened to be Christmas Day and there was no one manning the stations. That was kind of cool. Saved me a lot of money. But anyway, let's talk about, see, this is where it's going to get more and more interesting to me when we get over here. We're getting into like Flagstaff, the Four Corners, Arches National Park, um, Moab, all of that stuff. So I've pulled up Google Maps here so I can have it in front of me and actually move around interactively. This is one hell of a way to style on, say, the number of days. Let's say we're going to take the number of days they had. And, yes, we are thinking big tonight. I know. This is like the podcast for the freaking person who loves to travel who has a day job. You know, normal job like a normal human. We don't get to just, like, jet off to Europe and stuff all the time. Right? Right. So, This podcast is kind of literally geared towards those of us that get to do things on weekends, or maybe we get a week every year that we can pull something off, which is kind of what Jay Watts did. And I'm so glad she shared because that's an inspiration. That's a a template for us to say, hey, you get your week off, spend your week off like this. You know, you get seven days roughly. If you get a whole week off, you got both your weekends that bookend it, right? So let's look here. If I was going to style on, a seven-day trip, an eight-day trip. If I went directly out Interstate 40 to Flagstaff, and then I headed straight north and passed up the Grand Canyon on Highway 89, you could go through, for one thing. You Well, basically, when you hit the point that you're at Bitter Springs, Marble Canyon, you're getting up towards... Bryce Canyon area, you're getting up towards the Glen Canyon area. These are all national parks, national recreation areas. This stuff is legit, y'all. Everyone's heard of Bryce, right? Everyone's heard of Bryce. Well, Glen Canyon's pretty amazing, too. But when you come up here just north of the Grand Canyon, believe it or not, you're in an area where you can go in and you can see the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument. You can see White Pocket, and you can see the wave. Now, you've probably seen the wave On your computer background preloaded by Microsoft. Okay. Even if you don't know what it's called. Or what it was. You've probably seen the wave. It is a solid rock formation. That is so weathered and contoured. That it looks like giant waves. And it's very red. You're going to know. If you Google it. You're going to see it and go. Oh God. Yeah. That was my background at work. On my Microsoft screensaver. Whatever. Um, But this is you know. Where you can go see it. You go up there, see Vermilion Cliffs, see White Pockets, see the wave, all right there together. And you know what else is real close? Antelope Canyon. Or as we talked about way back in my road trip to Canada episode, it could be Antelope Canyon. Because I feel like if it's Penelope, then it's Antelope. But you've also seen Antelope Canyon, whether you know it or not. Antelope Canyon is one of the most gorgeous slot canyons. It's one of the most visited slot canyons. And if you Google it, and I'd, if you're not driving and listening, if you're not working and using like heavy equipment that could chop your arm off or your boss might get mad at you, stop for a second and Google Antelope Canyon. You'll see more images than you can shake a stick at, and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. This is something that you can do. It's right there in the same world y'all I'm talking you could in theory in theory you could see everything I just mentioned in one day you could do Antelope Canyon in one day and Antelope Canyon is one of those it would take time you know it's going to take you a couple hours and you have to get reservations I will say this it's not like the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon you don't have to win a lottery but you do have to reserve. And I checked reservations today, believe it or not, back during COVID reservations for Antelope Canyon, because I looked back then they were out like a year. OK, now they're only out like a week. OK, I just looked and I could like if I was going to Colorado or uh, I'm sorry, if I was going out that way to Utah this week or Arizona, I could be, um you know, in there by I think Saturday they had an opening. But anyway, around it, you have to. Pay for reservations um, to get into Antelope Canyon. And it's going to take you a while. And you're going to want to take a while to explore it because it's absolutely gorgeous. There's nothing quite like it. Um, From there, let's say that we're styling on this with a seven-day trip. We've, in two days, we've seen some pretty amazing stuff. We've seen Antelope Canyon, Vermilion Cliffs, The Wave. But from there, you can head over to Bryce Canyon. And you can explore all the many things that Bryce Canyon has to offer. And we're not going to sit here and talk about all of them. Because you just need to look that up for yourself. If you're not familiar with what's going on in Bryce Canyon, um, you know, just, just look. Just go and look. It's absolutely gorgeous. But also, what's close to Bryce Canyon? We talked about this fairly recently. Glen Canyon and Lake Powell. And Lake Powell had been way down, right? You remember how I told you just a few months ago? Literally, like, the end of... Just several... Just a few months ago. It hadn't even been a year ago, I don't think. I spent time talking about how it's on my bucket list to try to get to Glen Canyon and Lake Powell because the water's so far down, you can actually hike canyons that have been flooded for over 60 years and people are calling them like America's Lost National Park because it's so gorgeous and there's people like hoping that it never fills back up. It's a whole thing. We talked about it. Guess what? It filled back up. <laughs> it had been dry for years or been going dry for years and their window opened up. And what did I tell you? You better go while you have the chance. And guess what? Our chance is over unless it gets dry again. You know, there's maybe parts of it you can still go explore, but the water levels are way up because they have been having insane amounts of rain out there. Like they've been having some serious issues out there. But anyway, rainbow bridge, rainbow bridge, national monument is also, right over by Glen Canyon. See, you see what I'm saying? Like, listen, you can make this loop. You go out 40, you head up, you hit Antelope Canyon, you cut across, you hit the wave, you go over to Bryce Canyon. From Bryce Canyon, you can go over to Glen Canyon. From Glen Canyon, you can go up to Capitol Reef National Park. From there, you can shoot over to Canyonlands National Park. Guys, do you see what I'm saying here? This area right here, If you went to, let's see, what's a center point? Let me take a look here. Moab is where Arches is. Bryce is over here. We're up in Utah at this point. Is there a center point? What is Hanksville? Let's look at Hanksville real quick. Oh my God, those pictures are incredible. Holy crap. Yo, y'all. That's insane. That's beautiful. Holy cow. And it looks like they're several places to stay nearby. Hanksville looks small, but it apparently is big enough to have several places to stay. Probably a few um places to get some sundry items, things you might need. That might be a really great center point for like a seven or eight day stay. I'm seeing Goblin Valley State Park, Little Wild Horse Canyon, and Bell Canyon Trailhead. Let's see. Canyonlands is just to the right. Arches is real close to Canyonlands. There it is. Just up by by Moab. Down here just below is Capitol Reef. Straight down is Glen Canyon. Natural Bridges National Monument is just down from it, south and east. Holy cow, y'all. That is a... Ooh, Wilson Arch hole in the Rock. Man, all of this stuff is centered in that area. Here's a newspaper rock state historical monument. Holy cow, that's cool. That is Native American petroglyphs. Oh my god, those are incredible too. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so there's one way to style on eight days on a southwest road trip if you want to treat it more like a destination. Go stay at this little place called Hanksville or somewhere close. Who knows, y'all? You could go anywhere, but that's just like literally dead center, and around it is Capitol Reef, Bryce Canyon, Glen Canyon, Canyon Lands, Arches. It just goes on and on and on. That would be Awesome, I could easily spend I probably you could probably spend eight days there and I get everything in that you wanted to get in Holy crap, that's really cool Okay, well we need to move on from that because there's one more for sure one more we're definitely getting our hour tonight Um, There's one more for sure I want to talk about and that is Canyon City I've come across something in Canyon City. I want to talk about but yeah so you can see though like I'm trying to build the idea here we have a proof of concept that in eight days you can drive 2900 miles in eight days you can see this huge swath and Jay Watts proved that to us but we can take it and look at it and go okay say I gave myself eight days what all could I accomplish if I wanted to say go straight to a place and really try to thoroughly explore it and and kind of take in this one place and so that's kind of what we're doing we're just kind of we're just throwing things around, guys. You can take this and look at this any way you want to. You know, that's the beauty of this is it's tailored. It's custom designed. You design your trips yourself, but you can listen to how other people have done things or might do things and go, wait a second. Well, that's not really my thing. Yeah, I know I know. old Wayward Son likes to go and stay to a place, but I think I'm more with Jay Watts. I want to do a big driving trip, but holy crap, if she drove 2,900 miles in seven days... Well, from where I live, where would 2,900 miles take me if I had a whole week? That would be cool. Take a big, huge road trip. And you might live up in, say, Oregon or something and go, oh, wow, I could drive all the way to, say, New York and back or whatever. I don't know. Don't Google that. Like, I'm just, it's a generic thing I was throwing out there. But you could look for yourself and see, okay, well, I know I can go that far. What all could I see that I've never seen or that I've always wanted to see? So you kind of follow what we're doing here tonight. Okay, so let's talk about Canyon City. Let me get my maps moved over to Canyon City so I can really fully talk about this. This is over by Pueblo West, okay? And this is over where she stayed. And, oh yeah, and the Great Sand Dunes National Park is down there. You could hit that. I've been to Great Sand Dunes National Park too. It's very cool. It's just a huge sand dune up against the side of a mountain, and it has everything to do with prevailing winds. It's not really desert there, but it is. And there's just this mountainous sand dune that's just pushed up against the base of the mountain. And it can't go over the mountain. So, it just keeps piling up in the corner of this western side of the, the mountain range. It's super cool. But that's real close. Okay. But if we're coming over from where Jay Watts did, you can go and you can hit the Royal Gorge Bridge and Park. And there's a lot going on. That is right by Canyon City. Okay. So, you can check out the Royal Gorge. You can check out their little Canyon River. Look right there, Echo Canyon River Expeditions. There is Skyline Drive, which, oh gosh, let's take a look at that real quick. Holy cow. Y'all, that is insane. That has gotta be a one way. There's nowhere to even pull over for another car to pass. That has to be one way. Wow. Okay, so Skyline Drive, that's insanity. That looks amazing. And this is what got me really interested, okay? Like Canyon City, Royal Gorge, Royal Gorge Route, Railroad, like all of this stuff is right here around Canyon City, okay? Now, you're real close to Colorado Springs is up and to your northeast. Pueblo is to your south and east. In this area, and see, we've even got Pikes Peak over here, right? We can go do this Pikes Peak thing if we want to. It's all right there together. But as you zoom in, In between Canyon City and Cripple Creek, there's a lot of really cool stuff that excites me. Um, If you've never listened to it, go back and listen to, gosh, it's been a couple years ago, but my episode on Exploring Central Colorado. Oh, that's one of the ones I dropped as a classic. So just a few episodes back, go listen to Exploring Central Colorado. And you'll hear what I did with Leadville and Buena Vista and St. Elmo and went looking for old Silver mines, old gold mines, you know. They're so cool. Those abandoned mining towns are so amazing. So anyway, this right here, this is happening. I already talked just about it. We're doing this. I don't know how soon, but we're totally doing this. Um, This is totally a destination for me. It's only 11 hours and 41 minutes from where I live and set right here in the studio in Fort Smith, Arkansas, And you go there, like I said. Hitting the big things, Royal Gorge, Pikes Peak are right there. Cripple Creek is there, which is built as a mining town. I think everyone's heard of Cripple Creek. It's kind of, you know, it's even kind of in the pop culture zeitgeist. All of this abandoned infrastructure from the mining days. Look here, Gold Camp Trail. Vindicator Mine Headframe, Victor Pass, the Teresa Mine, the Newmark Mine Overlook. Like, this is all just around Cripple Creek. Well, if you get over here, just to the south and east of Cripple Creek and to the north of Canyon City, there's the Phantom Canyon Road. There's the Adelaide Tunnel there is historic t- tunnels number 1 through 7. Y'all, all of these are on an old railroad grade. You're going through tunnels up through the mountains, through all of these different abandoned mines and mining towns. Like this is freaking insane to me. I, I absolutely love it. Like this is this is on my list now. Straight up. This is like on my very soon list as soon as possible. 11 hours there. If I could spend 2 to 3 days there, 11-hour drive there, 11-hour drive back. If I had two or three days in the middle, y'all, like I said, Pikes Peak, Royal Gorge, all those things that, you know, the big things. You got to, like, stamp those on the on the old card, right? Like, I did those big things. But for me, what I like more, personally, is I like to get kind of back in the woods in some of these places, especially in Colorado, where there's all this these old mining towns, there's like little ghost towns, there's like ghost buildings. Um all throughout the mountains, off of these old railroad grades that you're now driving, it was probably the Denver and Rio Grande, or it may have been the Southern Pacific, but these old railroad grades that went up into the mountains to bring the the gold or the silver or the lead or all down the mountain. Um, y'all, you wanna talk about scenic drives. If you want to see some of the most incredible scenery you will ever see drive an old rail route because they follow the rivers they follow the creeks because trains huge right a lot of weight behind them they can't just go up the side of a mountain like a 14 percent grade like we can in our cars right like usually a train keeps they keep it under like a two percent grade they have to well when you're going through mountains especially like the rocky mountains what's the like most linear route you can take that doesn't have a gigantic grade change It's along the rivers. So that's where they built all the railroads. So if you've got an abandoned rail line that someone has turned into a county road or like a rail to trail, like the rails to trails conservancy does, which I support, I get there. I just got a new, um, magazine from rails to trails the other day. Um, you want to talk about scenic, you're running alongside mountain rivers and creeks in the Rocky mountains, y'all. You're going through tunnels and over trestles, driving your car, Right driving your car or riding your bike that's they're gorgeous it is amazing to see things like that and this is what you need to be looking for like you guys because this right here these are driving trip stuff too you can get out and explore these mines if you want it's like what i'm going to do but you can also just drive these roads we talked about one in the nomad spirit episode over by durango um, on the western, southwestern corner of Colorado, this is more towards the southeastern corner, right? More central, really, but southeast-ish. Um, it's the same kind of idea. You can get up on these old mining roads, on these old railroads that go up into the mines, and like, y'all, you want to talk about scenery. You're back in it. You know, this isn't just driving down the interstate, seeing it, which is awesome, but you can actually get into it just down a gravel road. a dirt road, some of them aren't even that bad of roads. I saw several of those in New Mexico. Went back to that Lake Valley Historic District. That was like an old mining community way back in the middle of nowhere. Those are the things that you got to be looking for because they're usually nothing but a drive to get there. It's not like you have to hike 10 miles to get to them. You can just drive to them most of the time. But people in general... Get very hyper fixated on like, you know, you heard of Pikes Peak. Everyone's got to go to Pikes Peak, right? Everyone's got to go to Royal Gorge. And that's awesome. That's something I'm going to do. But take another day or another two days and go get into that area, back into that area. And you will see things that you otherwise wouldn't see. And y'all, some of those things are absolutely incredible. They just get overshadowed by their nationally famous bigger brothers and sisters like Royal Gorge and Pikes Peak. There's so much in these areas that you can get into. And that's what I'm looking at. If I'm looking at five days, six days, seven days, I'm like, holy crap. You know, that's kind of how my bucket list lines out out actually. I've got these areas I want to go to and really get a vibe, get the vibe of the place, get into the place. You know, something I kind of got to do with FedEx, but not like out exploring, right? Like I do, which I still did. No, I explored those areas, but like it's really cool to get into an area and get to meet the people, get to understand the culture a little bit, how they are there, what what they care about, what their area looks like, you know, what it's like to live somewhere. And I got to do that a month at a time with FedEx, and that's a good amount of time. That's just about right without living somewhere. You're only doing this in three or four days, but you still get a sense of it. I love to go into a place and just try to get the entire vibe, just kind of absorb what's it all about here. What is the scenery about? What are the people about? What's it about? And maybe that's the anthropologist in me. I don't know. But that's how I like to do things. And I'm like, I'm super excited, Jay Watts, that you wanted to share this, that you were willing to share this itinerary with us because now I'm looking at freaking Canyon City and holy crap. I mean, I've got my next trip. I don't know when I'm going to get to take it, but that's my next big bucket list trip. Never been there, has everything that's amazing. And Lots and lots of stuff to explore. And you want to talk about photo, you guys know I like to take pictures. That's some photographic opportunities. Abandoned mines that are 140 years old in Colorado. Like, holy crap. Those things, that is Instagram gold right there, baby. Absolutely. And let's see. Let's see. What else? Is there anything else I want to talk about? We've hit our hour for sure. Is there anything else I want to talk about here? Um, At the moment... I'm thinking that we're going to wrap it up, guys. I don't see anything else. I want to spend a whole crap ton of time on here. But yeah, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. I've got several lists of things I want to do. Like definitely want to see the Northeast, you know, the like Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. But I'm kind of saving that right now because I'm totally walking. When I graduate college, this is like a big damn deal to me. I didn't. I mean, I probably wouldn't under a lot of circumstances, because I'm not about that part of things, like the pomp and circumstance. But this was a big damn deal, and when I graduate in another year, year and a half, um, whatever it lines out to, I don't pay attention. I just keep chugging away at classes. But here, another year or so, whenever I do graduate, I'm gonna go walk. By God, and that's a great time for a road trip, isn't it? I go see the Northeast thing because I have to go walk in New Hampshire, so. I've definitely got that on my list, Oregon and Washington, the Pacific Northwest are very much on my list. I want to go back to Billings and and Butte and all those places in Montana get up around there, get over to Yellowstone. I've not been to Yellowstone, Yellowstone's on the list, but like, that's what I love about, you know itineraries like this and stories like this she shares her story here's what we did in eight days here's how many miles it was and now we can look at that template and start going okay if I get eight days if I get eight days a full seven days at the very least you know five days off work the work week off plus the weekends how far could I go in 2900 miles And you start drawing lines on a map you start picking stuff that you've always wanted to go to and go oh crap that's only 900 miles that's only a thousand miles she did 2,900. I could totally do that. And I could have this much time in the middle and you can just sit there and start like, it's it's almost like a modular system. You can start dinking and dunking stuff in. It's like, we'll drive this many days. We'll be here for this many days. And we could fit this here and that over there and this over here. Or you could do like I like to do. Okay. I'm going to go to this area and I know I have to see, like, let's say, for example, this is a great example. Say I'm going to go to Canyon city. Well, I know for a fact i got to go up to Pikes Peak because I've never been, and you're close. I know for a fact I've got to go down to the Royal Gorge, right? It's like right there. How long are those going to take? I don't know. Half days each? A day for one, a half day for the other? Whatever. Day for both. But if I've got two more days to work with, then I can just go by the seat of my pants. Well, let's just drive up this old mountain road this way and see where it comes out. Let's just go see what happens over here. and That's how I like to adventure. To put a little bit of adventure in it. Doesn't have to be dangerous or nothing to be adventurous, right? To feel like you're out having a good time and exploring stuff you hadn't seen. And it's just, it's exciting. That's what frees your soul. I'm nomad at heart, man. I am a free spirit through and through. And I have been my whole damn life. That right there lets you sate that a little bit. Sate your appetite for being free. Okay. I don't really know where I'm going today. I just know a direction. I don't really know when I'm getting back tonight or if I am. I may be staying in another town. Who the hell knows where I end up tonight? That's fun. That is so much fun because you just get to let the road take you where it will. And that's just, God, man, that's a good time. Yep. This is kind of like Nomad Spirit Part 2 in a way. I'm feeling it. I'm freaking tied to homework. I'm tied to Everything else in the world to get done right now. And I am longing for the open road again. So I'm excited. Thank you, Jay Watts, for sharing your itinerary and letting me live vicariously. And all of us live vicariously through you for the evening. And hopefully, hopefully, light a fire under our butts and get our imagination sparked and thinking about what could we do with five days, seven days, eight days, and then start breaking it down. to Okay, maybe I don't have that much time right now, but I have three days. I got three day weekend got a we got a labor day coming along you know we got the holidays coming along what could i do with a few days and hopefully it inspires all of us to get out there and live get off of our butts put down our stupid phones in the social media man people always tell me and i'm gonna wrap it up with this because like there's a lesson in this i hear this a lot of times like how do you do all the crap you do justin like you work and, and you get your podcast done and you you do like these articles, but you're also going to school. How do you do? I couldn't do all that. How do you do all that? And some people get snotty about it. I've heard people be like, man, I mean, I wish I didn't have a life. I could maybe get a bunch of stuff done, too. And I'm like, "Yo, that's just jealousy talking, bro, because there are people like, I don't have that much time. Yeah, you do. You have more time than I do. If you're not going to college, if you're working 40 hours a week like me and you're not going to college, you have a hell of a lot more time than I do. How do I get all this crap done? Because I don't waste my time watching TV all night, every night. And I don't waste my time doom scrolling social media every night. I literally use my time productively to research, to do my homework, to record a podcast, to do and work on the articles I'm writing for Sherpa. Like I have a motivation. You may not have a motivation and that's fair. That's fair to say. I have a motivation. I have somewhere I want to get and I see a path. To get there. So I'm motivated. But yeah, point is, every single one of you, if you feel like you don't have much time in your life, chances are it's because you don't realize you waste two to four hours a night literally scrolling your stupid Facebook feed, okay, or watching TV. If you wanted to accomplish things, freaking just accomplish them and quit making excuses. Like, quit wasting your time on stuff that is not productive and start being productive. It's really that simple. It might be harder to be productive. It takes work. But like, do you want to be productive? Because, you know, when I hear people say that to me, they're like, man, I wish I could get stuff done. Like you're getting stuff done. Yeah, you can just do it. Quit watching TV and be productive. Um, And really my, my gripe is because I like to watch TV and wind down like chill out every once in a while if i have time but like the big thing that i'm like really poking at here the bear that i'm poking at is you guys have let social media consume your lives you really have and i see it all around me and that's not me spouting what someone on tv said because i don't even watch the stupid news this is me spouting what i witness with my eyes and people that live their lives all around me and they don't realize that hours pass While they're buried in their phone. You guys go out and live. That's what I'm here to do. Is remind you. There's a much bigger life out there. Outside of our living rooms. Anyway. We should end it with that. I got all preachy and soapboxy. But let's move on. Anyway. We're going to wrap it up for tonight. One last time. Thank you Jay Watts. For sharing your itinerary. And on that note. If any of you guys. Have taken awesome trips. Like, this is a template for us to work with. We could do more episodes like this. If you've taken an awesome trip and you want to tell us about it, it wouldn't take a lot of work to do like just what she did. It'd take a little bit of time, but just give me an itinerary. How many days was it? You don't even have to give me miles. She went above and beyond. But like, just give me how many days you went and what you did on each day, and we could sit here and talk about it. Y'all, I would love to be passing out ideas for people to go on adventures and even for me to hear about. So if you've taken any cool adventures and you want to talk about it and like let us know tips and tricks, like here's what I learned while I was there. Don't do this or you should do this, et cetera, et cetera, man, just freaking drop me a line at my at at gmail.com. And we will absolutely look at, um, getting that thing on the show. Cause I think, I don't know how tonight went until I edit it and listen to it. I know I got pretty rambly, but like, if this show works out all right and you guys enjoy it, we will make more. We'll absolutely make more. This was super cool and I really enjoyed it. So anyway, story at gmail.com. If you guys want to share a story of an adventure that you've been on, um, you can go over to waywardstories.com. If you want to find links to my Instagram and all that stuff, which is a good place to go if you want to see some of the adventures I've been writing about for Sherpa.com, you should totally do that. Um... If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe. We really need the subscriptions. Anywhere you're watching or listening, please rate, review and subscribe. And other than that, like let's just let's just get on out of here, man. Like let's call it a night. We ran really, really long tonight. Um anyway, thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for all of your support and all of your understanding. Um you guys have been amazing. I love every one of you. Feel free to drop me a line. I love staying in touch with you guys. We will be back in a couple of weeks with another story that I don't know what it is yet, but we will figure it out by the time we get there. Until we meet again, you guys get out there, find you an adventure, live your life a little bit, and don't forget to be good to each other.